Welcome to BLHQ. I'm Jenny Belly. And I'm Stella Chu. This is our weekly podcast breaking down the Don May web novel, Heaven Officials Blessing, written by MXTX. We deep dive a few chapters at a time and discuss themes, cultural backgrounds, and our overall reactions. Spoilers abound and screaming will be had, so you have been warned. A recap of last week, we finished book four with Wu Ming taking on the human face disease curse and dispersing. Jinwoo comes to help Shanann defeat White No Face and like completely fucks him up super fast. Shanann asks Jinwoo to rebanish him and give him two cursed shackles, one to seal his spiritual powers and the other to disperse his luck. Flash forward to book five, White No Face is fighting Shanann when suddenly Shanann notices a giant stone statue and controls it to break out of Mong Tong Lu. Shanann calls out for Watson once he's broken through and Watson immediately appears hugging him from behind. Yes. And that brings us into chapter 200, Dominate Heaven and Earth, Divine Beings Break Through the Kiln. Suddenly, the mountain starts shaking. Is it White No-Face trying to break free? Quachang stands in front of Shelyon to shield him, but instead of White No-Face, a burst of hot air escapes the mouth of the volcano along with the smell of sulfur. The volcano is going to erupt. Shelyon makes a hand seal and runs up the statue's arm with Hua Cheng to stand on its shoulder. The statue obeys Shelyon's command and starts to walk down the mountain. The statue is only halfway down when the mountain begins to quake even harder and they see a pillar of black smoke blowing out from the top. But this isn't ordinary smoke. In an instant, the entire sky is enveloped by thick black clouds and inside the clouds are countless human faces and limbs. Shailan saw this same scene hundreds of years ago and is shocked to witness again. Watson says that these are the souls of the dead from the kingdom of Wuyang. Suddenly, White No-Face appears in front of the statue. Shailan orders the statue's hand down to crush it, but White No-Face dodges, this time prepared for the attack. White No-Face jumps onto the statue and Watson pulls out his scimitar saying, Get the hell down. This divine statue isn't for you to taint. So like literally in the previous episode we had the black clouds full of the fucking human face disease curse and like literally it's happening again (laughs) so but at that moment lava has erupted from the volcano and is mixing with the black smoke and flowing downwards white no face uses that chance to run away and disappear in the snow shelion orders the statue to run and it jumps the rest of the way down the mountain to escape the lava however the lava and smoke are flowing quickly and catching up but as they run, Shelyon is running out of spiritual power and the statue begins to slow down. Soon, the statue falls to one knee and does not move. Shelyon begins to panic. The lava is going to catch up to them. Oh no, what's going to happen? He's running out of spiritual power. I wonder oh, where he's no. going to get it from. Oh no. Oh no, oh, oh, no, oh, no. Watson. I am out of spiritual <laughs> power. What do we oh, no. do? We're going to die. We got to figure something out. He's like putting on chapstick. He's like spraying his mouth. I know. He's like, oh no. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> no, but literally that's like the next scene. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. But just then, Shailan feels an arm tighten around his waist. Watson yanks him over easily, raising his hand to lift his chin and then pressing their lips together. Shailan's <laughs> eyes are wide as cool air fills his lungs, flowing through his limbs, and he feels his entire body liven up again. The kiss is short and Watson parts his lips. Gaga, try standing up again. 
Shedan quickly makes a new hand seal, and the stone statue immediately reaches out to rise again. Controlling the statue requires an insane amount of spiritual power. Hua Cheng tells Shelian to make it run faster, but Shelian is worried. What if he runs out of spiritual power? Hua Cheng says in his ears, "It won't. You just focus on running. Don't ever be afraid. I'm right here besides you." Hua Cheng stands behind Shelian, his hands supporting his waist, but just that one gesture feels like the entire world is behind him. Shelian inhales deeply and says, "All right." He extends his arms and unleashes all of his spiritual powers, commanding the statue to run. The divine statue runs wildly, each step covering several miles. The lava and clouds are left far behind. As they are running, Shedan suddenly remembers that the Rainmaster, General Pei, and the others are still at the royal capital of Wuyang. He quickly orders the statue to stop and run back so they can pick them up. But all of a sudden, the statue trips, and Shedan and Watson are thrown into the air. They land on the divine statue's chest. When they look to see what tripped them, they realize that it's an entire mountain. Blocking their path are three mountains, larger than the stone statue. They are the three guards of Mount Tonglu: old age, sickness, and death. Oh, the mountains are back! The mountains are back! Ah, uh, uh, that's the end of chapter two hundred. Yes, yes. Wow! Yeah. This it just went from zero to one hundred miles an hour, literally, because the statue is running so fast. They're running so fast. They literally, the description is like every stomp, stomp is like like crushing up like pieces of the earth and all the little ghosts that are in the mountain are like what the fuck is going on they're just like ah <laughs> when they see it it's so funny oh no yeah get out of there you guys yeah and like also the divine statue is really tall but like the mountains are even taller and he's surrounded by three of them so it's like one statue and then like three giant mountains that can move around yeah yeah that does make sense yeah. because this statue is probably the size of a building maybe like a his hand is the size of a house so he's like several like a skyscraper level but the mountain is way taller yeah Yeah. definitely a mid-sized skyscraper but yeah mountain is way taller than a mid-sized skyscraper yep so ah that's so cool to imagine though that they're like running and then kissing oh that too that's (laughs) yes he's just like oh no i went what if i run out of spiritual power watching's like don't worry i got you like Mm -hmm. i hope you run out of spiritual power (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, story driven romance yes story there's like sprinkles of romance here there yes oh i love it so much Uh, Chapter 201, Dominate Heaven and Earth, Divine Beings Break Through the Kiln. Shelyan tries to move the statue back to standing, but one of the mountain spirits knocks it down again. It falls near the capital city of Wuyang, crushing an entire street. Shelyan is almost thrown off from the fall, but Huachen grabs his hand and jumps up the head of the statue. The mountain spirits attack again, but this time Shelyan is able to defend, but he accidentally crushes a row of houses. Before he can move, the three mountains surround the statue and crush inwards, preventing any movement. Shelling is trying to find a way to escape, when suddenly Huachen grasps his shoulders and says, Let everything go and fight. Don't worry, none of them are your match. There is nothing in this world that can stop you in your step. Shedan is filled with confidence and more spiritual energy, and he strikes back. The mountain spirits are pushed miles and miles away, kicking up smoke and rocks, but they immediately come rushing forward again to attack. Shedan instantly forms several hand seals and shouts, Do not block my way! 
The giant statue leaps in the air and, and pulls out the stone sword at its waist. Shailan shouts, I'll cut you. I won't cut you yet. Hold on. <laughs> Shailan was about to swing down the sword upon the mountains, but the sword was only a hilt. So there was no blade. Huaqing drops his face and says, Guga, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. I didn't carve the blade of this divine statue. It's my negligence. But obviously, when Huaqing carved the statue, he only carved the hilt and sheath. Since no blade was carved, of course it wouldn't just magically appear. Huaqing frowns solemnly and says, It's my miscalculation. It's not exquisite enough. Next time, I will carve out every detail. Xiaoyang can tell he is serious and says, No, no, no. It's already very exquisite. Really? Nevertheless, the statue can't cut down the mountains, so Xiaoyang turns to plan B. Run away. The stone statue tosses the useless hilt aside and runs like mad. That's just such a funny scene Anime to scene. see. Yes. So He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hudson's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's uh, just not good enough. My it art. Good enough. I'm sorry. It's I should have made it better. I should have made it even more glorious and detailed. I'm sorry. It's not the perfect blade. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, serious. He's like, I'm going to make a better one. I swear to God. I, so fuck, I'm so awful. I, I'm sorry. And you can tell that it's not serious when their perception of like the world around them is so warped like this. Yeah. Yeah, they're so fucking funny. Oh, I just, I should have made it more impressive for my Guga. No, it's already really impressive. I love it so much. It's my favorite. Stop. It's fine. Don't do it. Don't make another one. It's unnecessary. Yeah. The mountains are like, hello? Are we not fighting right now? (laughs) A silver butterfly flies to Shailan's ear and he can hear the voices of Fenshin Muching, the Rain Master, and General Pei. This butterfly has two-way communication, so Shailan is able to speak with them. Paiming says that Shailan's voice is too loud. Shailan apologizes and replies that it's because he has too much spiritual power. Muching is suspicious. Why does Shailan have too much spiritual power? <laughs> Can you tell me more? Why? Why did? Why do you suddenly you're just so strong? Like what happened? Where'd you get it from? Why? How did you get it? Give us details. Yeah. Shailan ignores him and asks where they all are. Muching replies that they're in the woods near Wuyang River. Fenchin asks if they should meet him to assist. Shailan quickly replies, no need. You just stay there and we'll come pick you up all very soon. We'll talk then. Uh, we're already here. The statue has reached the dried up river and crouches down next to the dense forest. Muqing and Fengxin emerges from the forest and look up to see a gigantic Shailan looking down on them. The statue even has a very Shailan-like friendly smile on its face. Muqing mumbles, I haven't gotten mad, have I? Feng Xin mumbles, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the actual fuck? What in the fucking world is this thing? Huaqing raises his eyebrows, looking very smug. Actually, this is the largest and most realistic divine statue ever created. In the past, the largest divine statue belonged to Jin Wu, but even that one only reaches halfway to this giant statue. He's so petty. When Fenxing and Muqing finally get over their shock, Xiaodan commands the statue to lower its palms to bring everyone up. Xiaodan explains that the volcano has erupted and three mountains are pursuing them, so they have to leave soon. Everyone settles on the statue, and finally the statue is running again. Fenxing still can't get over this giant Xiaodan and says in disbelief, Just, who did this? Who carved this? How come I've never seen this before? I've never even heard of it before. 
Watson smiles fakely. There's way too much you haven't seen in this world. <laughs> Fenchin and Muqing immediately realize that Watson is the culprit. Muqing says, I almost can't believe this. How are you moving this thing? Just how much spiritual power does this thing need? Do you have enough? I thought you didn't have any spiritual powers. Shelyan glances at Hua Qing and says, Um, well, Pei Ming says, If there isn't any, you can borrow. Am I right? Such an easy thing. Shelyan replies, Ha ha ha, yeah. <laughs> As the statue runs, various monsters and demons try to climb up to get away from the lava pouring down. But Hua Qing says, Get the hell down and sends out a wave of silver butterflies to kill them all. Yin Yu, who is holding a sleeping Guzi, warns that the corpse-eating rats and empty-shelled people have suddenly all headed to Mount Tonglu. The Rainmaster, who is sitting on the Black Ox, also warns that the resentful spirits inside the Black Clouds have turned into the human face disease and are seeking live beings to possess. Shailan's hands tremble as he says, Mount Tonglu has a barrier. Nothing outside can come in, and nothing inside can go out. So those resentful spirits shouldn't be able to fly out for the moment. But Huatan suddenly squeezes Xiaoyan's hands. Xiaoyan is worried and says, What is it? Have I drained too much? Sorry, sorry. I should conserve my use after all. But Huacheng replies, That's not it. Gugu, you don't have to worry about that. It's Mount Tonglu's barrier. It's broken. Xiaoyan is stunned. What? Broken? He just said not to worry about it since there was a barrier. But now that barrier is broken? What the heck? Huachin confirms. It is broken. It was probably White No-Face who opened it. Those things, they're all going to fly out. One and nine. Oh, dun, dun, dun. All the resentful spirits full of the human face disease. They're going to go attack the human civilization. Stupid human face disease all over again. It's the third time. You know what? They should just make a purge. And you, when you're born into this world, you should just stab somebody else so that they die. And then that way... Oh, everyone should just become murderers. Yes, Stella, that is the solution. Just everyone just stab someone. You're immune. Perfect. No human face disease. No, no, no disease. Wow. Nope. Yeah. Why are you afraid? There's a cure. Because when you're born, you give a little sword to the little baby and you just fucking make it kill somebody. Yep. And then you're, you're, you're good to go. Yep. Yep. There you go. Or... Yep. Or you just live with it. You're born and you have a friend, a screaming friend, but you have a friend. It's just infecting your entire, like yeah. literally all your skin is faces. Yeah. You can just have multiple faces. friends and you can you can learn from their <laughs> mistakes in life. And it saps your energy and your bones and your nutrients. You know what? So you, until you become a husk of a person. Then maybe we should feed people more food. <laughs> I have a solution <laughs> for everything, okay? I don't know. There's also not enough food in the world, but Vote okay. for me, for mayor. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think this is a good idea. The Rainmaster can take care of it. The Rainmaster can make sure that there's food for everybody. Oh, that's true. She can grow food out of nothing. Mm -hmm. so exactly. So if the Rainmaster just hooks up with... Vote Rainmaster for, for mayor. <laughs> yes. Fixed solution. Perfect. Yes. We don't have to be worried yes. about white no face okay. and his stupid human face disease anymore. Fucking human face diseases. All the human... This is the third time, bruh. Bruh. Like, white no face. You need to come up with a new system. Yeah, I know. Get more creative, man. <laughs> We've seen this before. Yeah, yeah why are you one trick pony? Uh, it's like his go-to trick. It's yeah. like his one yeah, thing. Yeah, one thing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> so goofy. I love it. Uh, I know. Chapter uh. 202. 
Taking the helm, four martial gods transform into a sword. If those resentful spirits fly out, then there will be a third epidemic of the human face disease. Shailan instantly cries out, We have to find a way to stop it. Muqing says, How can we do that? Shailan commands the statue to stop running and orders everyone to hold their breaths. When the black smoke catches up to the statue, the statue raises its hand and smashes against it. But since it's clouds, it only manages to blow a part of it away. Shailan is dismayed and says, If only there was a sword! Watson replies, Guga, there is a way to get a sword. Shalyan is excited. How? Huaqing replies, This will have to see if your heavenly colleagues down there would be willing. Shalyan guesses, Are you saying have General Pei and the others come together and transform into a sword? Huaqing confirms and says, That's right. Heavenly officials inside Mount Tonglu have their powers restricted, but there are several martial gods here. So if four of them transform into one spirit body and strike together, their might should be considerable. Pei Ming agrees to the plan, but Muqing is doubtful. There's only three martial gods right now, Muqing, Feng Shen, and Pei Ming. But Pei Ming reminds him that Quan Yizhen is there too, still sealed in a Dorama doll. Yin Yu hesitates, takes out the Dorama doll from his robes. Yet unexpectedly, the Dorama doll starts screaming and everyone covers their ears. Yin Yu quickly puts the doll away and says, Sorry about that. I grabbed the wrong one. <laughs> that was the green ghost she wronged just now. This one's the right one. Then he pulls out another drama doll. It explodes into red smoke and Kwani Zen comes tumbling out. Yin Yu immediately sneaks behind someone's back to hide. But Kwani Zen sees him instantly and shouts, Shishong! Yin Yu gets headaches just from seeing Kwani Zen's face, and he'd much rather listen to Chi Rong scream for three days than speak one word to Kwani Zen. Fortunately, Pei Ming catches Kwani Zen and says, Come, come, come. Time to get to work, Chi Ying. Have your reunion after work is done. But Kwani Zen is extremely confused. He was basically sealed away when everything happened, and now he's standing on a giant statue surrounded by heavenly officials. But then he sees Shelian, who has his hands in a prayer, begging sincerely, Please and thank you, Qiying. Though he still has no idea what's going on, Kwani Zen nods and agrees to whatever they're planning on doing. Because Kwani Zen is a good friend. He's just confused all the time. But he's also a good friend he from good top friend. to bottom. He's, he's very, a good friend. He's very loyal. Yes. He's fantastic. Yeah. He'll do and say anything you need him to do. It's just you who is the problem, Yin Yu. <laughs> Pei Ming and Fen Xin, Kwani Zen, and Mu Qing form a line on the palm of the divine statue. Huatzen looks at them and says, isn't the order of the last two reversed? Kwani Zen's spiritual powers aren't stable, so if he's in the middle of the sword, the sword might snap in half. But Xilan replies that Fen Xin and Mu Qing should never be placed together because they might beat each other up. So Kwani Zen has to be there as a buffer. Hearing this, Huatzen's face looks like to say, please have them beat each other to death. That'd be great. <laughs> He has <laughs> such petty feelings over Muqing and Fengxin. <sighs> the four martial gods emit spiritual light from their bodies, growing stronger and brighter until eventually they form one body, becoming a sword of spiritual light. The giant statue grips the sword and Shelyon feels like a tiger with wings, striking out against the resentful spirits. His sword dances like flowers, slashing against millions of ghosts and shattering them like the wind blows apart clouds. But eventually, Shelyan runs out of spiritual energy and he grows tired, making the stone statue stumble forward. The martial gods are alarmed. 
The enemies are still gathering. Shailan turns around and Hwatan is already standing only inches behind him. Shailan ignores oh everything else and cups Hwatan's hand with his face, tips his toes, and closes his eyes before pressing their lips together. Oh my god, oh my I can't god. read that with yes, a straight yes, face yes. right now. Oh, yes, I'm sweating. Yes, yes. 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 I'm taking initiative. Oh, Fenshin, Muqing yes. are speechless. Kwanizen is confused. Pei Ming remarks, Ho ho. This is the fucking famous <laughs> ho ho line. Ho, this is ho. it. Taming ho ho has become a ho, meme. Ho. I don't know if y'all have seen this on the yeah. internet, but y'all need to fucking Google ho ho meme with Taming. Yes. It's Taming's so ho, funny. Ho. He's ho, like, ho. oh, I get it now and I support it. Ho, ho. Yes, I ship these ho, two ho. together. Ho ho. Ho ho. Ho feels that cupping Watson's face isn't enough. And since he's already there, he might as well suck more. He circles his arms around Watson's neck oh tightly and kisses God. deeper. Instantly, yes. all of his fatigue from earlier is swept away and his yes. body is filled with yes. spiritual power. Yes. The giant stone statue is standing again, but its spiritual sword is clamoring with noise. <laughs> Fanshin is shaken. What is this? What are you two doing? Your Highness? Shelyon chokes and breaks his kiss. He avoids looking at the sword and shouts to the sky. But borrowing spiritual powers, I'm only borrowing spiritual powers. Very proper. Muqing is shaken too. You didn't need to do this to borrow spiritual powers though. Just a slap or a smack or something would have been fine. Shelyon cries out randomly. Ha ha ha, I've been seen through. It's not actually borrowing any spiritual powers. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I've been seeing this. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Fucking was like, ah, oh, you're right. You saw through me. Oh no! Oh no! Now I'm gonna make out with him completely shamelessly. Oh no! Just fucking. I'm gonna just bring my arms around him and just mm. keep going. Just make mm. the kiss deeper. Like fucking whatever. Who cares? Yep. <laughs> Seeing Shailan like this, Watson laughs out loud and cups his face and kisses his forehead. Oh my god. Don't be nervous, Guga. Shailan returns to normal and pretends he didn't hear Mooching and Fenshin and forms more hand seals. The statue once again slashes at the clouds of resentful energy with incredible strength. Kwani Zen says with awe, So that really was borrowing spiritual powers just now. It suddenly became strong. Mooching exclaims, Complete bullshit. What do you know? But then he stops, realizing that he doesn't need to explain anything to a man-child like Kwani Zen, and says, Yeah, that's right. It was borrowing <laughs> spiritual powers. <laughs> Kwani Zen is going to be like, Well, man, what if I need to borrow spiritual powers? She's shown, she's shown, come here. I need to get someone right now. Or what if he needs to get, lend it? Oh my god, Kwani Zen is so pure and innocent. Because he doesn't know shit. <laughs> Yin Yu can't do, he, Yin Yu doesn't have spiritual powers. He's like a mortal. So, so what if Kwani Zen's like, hey, I have to lend you spiritual powers. Come over here, she's shown. I'm going to give it to you. Yin Yu, I can give you spiritual powers right now. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I love how Muching is just like, oh god, I don't, this is not even worth the energy to explain. Fuck it, we're fine, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much, oh my god. <laughs> the scene is so great. Paiming laughs and says, that's right indeed, but you can't borrow like that so casually, understand Chi Ying? Fengshin is incredulous. Huh? What are you all saying? Do you all actually believe that? Meanwhile, the resentful energy realize that they can't win against a stone statue, so they all start to flee, swimming in all directions. Shelyon cries out, chase them! But right as the statue begins to move, it suddenly falls over to the side. 
Shelion looks down and sees that White No-Face has appeared and broke the leg of the divine statue with his bare hands. The giant statue comes crashing down and everyone is forced to jump off. Shailan tries to move the statue again, but it struggles on the ground, looking rather miserable. Kwani Zen asks, did powers run out again? Do you need to borrow more? Pei Ming replies, no, this isn't a question of spiritual powers. Qi Ying, there's no need to remember any of that. Forget it completely. <laughs> Shailan says that the statue is too injured and he doesn't want to risk damaging it by making it fight. After all, this is Watson's masterpiece and also Shailan's favorite divine statue. If it got destroyed, he'd be devastated. Shelian looks to Hua Cheng, whose face is suddenly dark with anger. At that moment, a ray of bright white light suddenly breaks through the black clouds in the sky. And then another, and another, and another. Countless white light penetrates the clouds and stabs the resentful spirits. The spiritual light is so blindingly strong, and all the heavenly officials present know immediately who has come. After all, the entire heavenly court is always enveloped by this spiritual light. It is Jin Wu. He's come again. He's come come to join the fight and then basically clear the field. Fuck shit up. Yeah, yes, there's just too much and they cannot handle it. Uh, this freaking chapter. Oh my god, it's so funny. I know. So much kissing and so much slapstick comedy from the fucking peanut gallery. Like the commentary is hilarious. It's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, fucking Kwani. I love Kwani Zen so much. I swear. Oh my god, he's so great. Did you run out of spiritual power? You need to borrow more. You're gonna make out with Watson more. Yeah, it's like and Paving is like, okay, but you can't do it with just anyone, okay? You have to save yourself for that special someone. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, good, Ying Yu. I'll save it myself for Ying Yu. Got it. Don't do it so casually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so funny. Oh, oh so like good. Great. It's beautiful. So it's perfect. You and guys. just Shelly on just like, oh no, you caught me. Oh no, you caught me. I guess I, oh, oh. oh I was just making out. Oh no. Oh. Oh. Guess I'll make out with him more. And he's like, I'm already here. Might as well just dig myself deeper into the grave. <laughs> Fucking love it. Oh my God. Oh. Uh, I love I love them so much. Everyone is great. 10 out of 10. Yes. <laughs> it shows everyone's personality on a level that's so funny and perfect. Yes. And Fengshi just like, what the fuck? Like, he's like too much yeah. shock. You can't even no, deal with it. No, can't deal with, with it. It's great. Uh, yeah. He's like, not my precious Shelly <laughs> Not Not like this. Also, the concept of like, he's like a dad. Uh, he's like, a, yeah, he is like a dad. That's weird. Or like, he's like, that's my brother. What are you doing with my brother? No. <laughs> Um, also, the concept of like all of these guys turning into a spiritual sword is hilarious to me. Yeah, like yeah, there was no indication that this was an ability. So just like you just line up and they just shine until they became yes. a, a a light sword, like a lightsaber sword. But like, what this ability came out of nowhere? They're gods. They're gods. Just let them be gods. Letting them be gods. Just let them be, let it go. Transform into a giant sword. <laughs> they just they, they did. They sure did. All the Voltrons yeah. come together to form a giant sword. Yeah. I mean, just, just all the people just stack the top of each other. I'm imagining that they're holding hands. Everybody hold hands. Oh, like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no way Fengshin and Buching are going to be holding hands. So, of course, they can't be next to each other. Oh, my God. Oh, so silly. All right. Let's move on to our next chapter. Chapter 203, White Emperor Comments on the Mysterious Guoshi. 
The resentful spirits and clouds disperse and dissipate, and Junwu breaks through the clouds wearing white armor with his sword in hand. The heavenly officials cheer with tears streaming down their faces. Ah, my lord! They've been saved. Junwu steps towards them and says, Don't panic, don't panic. Is everyone all right? The martial gods in the sword array disassemble and transform back to their original forms. Paiming asks Junwu, How come he's come? Wasn't he guarding the heavenly capital? Junwu replies that he heard from the Rainmaster that Mount Tonglu's barrier was broken, so the situation was too dire to ignore. Everyone looks at the Rainmaster and only then realize that since the barrier is broken, the communication arrays work again. Shellyan steps forward and tells Jinwu that White No-Face has returned, but he's run away and they don't know where he's hiding. Jinwu replies, no matter, let's settle these resentful spirits first before we go seek him. They look to the sky and see that the black clouds are all being purified by Jinwu's lights. Paiming says, so the birth of a new ghost king has been stopped this time, right? Shellyan nods and says that the only thing that broke through the kiln was the giant statue, which is currently laying on the ground like a small mountain. Shellyan pats the statue's cheek and asks Watson what they should do with it. Watson replies, There's no need for Guga to worry. Until it's been repaired, let's leave it here for now. Shellyan asks if it can be repaired. Watson replies, Of course, as long as there's stones of the kiln, I'll be able to repair it for sure and have it stand once again. Shailan replies, Then let's leave it here for now. The volcano over by the kiln is still erupting. Who knows when it will be safe again? Just then, the remaining resentful spirits suddenly transform into a shrieking tornado and charge towards the underground divine temple of Wu Yang. Muqing is dumbfounded when all the spirits are gone. He asks, What's going on? Shailan suddenly realizes something. It's White No-Face. He's drawn a distance-shortening array and sent those resentful spirits away. Jinwoo swipes his hand and throws off the roof of the temple, but all that's left is a distance shortening array inside and nothing else. Fengshin shouts out, Just what is he planning? Where did he connect the array to? Where has he sent them? Normally, in this type of situation, the gods would call on Ling Wen to report the locations, but right now there is no such dependable person in heaven. Fengshin curses when he realizes that none of the other civil gods are helpful. Fuck! And they usually blow themselves to the skies fighting to show off. Now that it's time to show what they've got, where the hell have they all gone? I'll never say the palace of Ling Wen is inefficient ever again. Just then, Watson says with his fingers at his temple, at the royal capital, he sent those creatures to a number of different fortress cities. So far, only the royal capital is detected, since the essence of evil there suddenly spiked. How shameful that the civil gods are so useless that they have to rely on a ghost king to determine the location of evil beings. Muqing says that most likely, White No-Face is planning to spread the disease in the most heavily populated cities. Paiming says that they must hurry before the disease spreads out of control. Jinwu says to Hua Cheng, has my lord found out the exact locations of any of the other fortress cities? Huaqing commands, they're currently being located. It won't take long. Yin Yu, you take over. Yin Yu quickly communicates with the subordinates in Ghost City and reports all the locations where the resentful spirits have been spotted. Jin Wu commands Feng Shen to take care of the south, and Pei Ming will take care of the north. Jin Wu then turns to Kuan Yizhen and tells him to go to the west, but Kuan Yizhen is confused. Why am I going to the West? Just what exactly are we doing right now? <laughs> Everyone is speechless, but at the same time, can't really blame him for not knowing what's going on. Perhaps he was confused the entire way. 
why was he inside a wall? Why was he turned into a doll? Why did he have to turn into a sword? There wasn't a single moment where he figured out what was happening. Seeing this, Yin Yu sighs and says, I'll take him. I'll tell him on the way. There is probably no one else with the patience to deal with him. Kwani Zen agrees enthusiastically. Poor Yin Yu. Oh my god. Kwani Zen just doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Muqing waits, but Jinwoo never gives him a command. So he says, My lord, what about me? But Jinwoo looks at him and says, Xuanzhen, have you forgotten something? You're currently under detention. Muqing's face falls. It seems like he really did forget. Technically, he's still under suspicion of creating the fetus spirit, and his name has not been cleared. Jinwoo orders him to return to heaven to be confined. Muqing cries out that he's innocent, but Jinwoo replies that once the truth is revealed, he will be released. But he can't walk freely until proven innocent, or else it'd be a disgrace. Muqing feels aggrieved, but he has no choice to obey. Seeing Muqing tormented, Hwatsun laughs out loud, unkindly, without holding back. <laughs> Muqing watches him and Shailan with a dark face. Meanwhile, the Rainmaster leaves quietly, since she's no martial god. Shailan decides to head to the royal capital, since it's the most populated and difficult to deal with. Junwoo says he will stay behind to deal with the three mountain spirits and see if White No-Face is still in the area. Hwatsun tosses a pair of dice, opening a distance-shortening array to the royal capital. When Shailan and Hwatsun arrive, it's already night and the streets are empty. They walk around the alleys to search for evil spirits. As they walk, Shalyan opens a communication array with Jin Wu. Jin Wu says, What is it, Shanla? Have you reached the royal capital? Did Crimson Rainsot Flower do something to you? Huaqing seems to have heard and he raises a brow. Shalyan replies, No, he hasn't done anything to me. It's something else. The situation earlier was too urgent and I didn't have the chance to speak. My lord, do you still remember my master? Jin Wu is taken aback. Are you talking about the Guoshi of Shanle back then? Shalyan replies, Yes, you must have come in contact with him quite a bit in the past. Have you noticed anything strange or unusual about him? In the past, all the heavenly ceremonies and services in Shanle were performed by the Guoshi, as Guoshis represent the bridge between mortals and gods. Junwu finally replies, Yes, Shanle, do you really want to hear this? Shalyan says, Yes. Junwu asks, even if you'd become disappointed after you heard? Shailan looks at Huatan and then says, yes. After a long silence, Junwu says slowly, that master of yours, to be the Guoshi of Shenlo was a gross oppression of his talents. His knowledge and skills are far beyond your imagination. I believe the true number of years that the Guoshi has passed in this world is no less than mine, perhaps even greater than mine. If the Guoshi really was older than Junwu, then it's possible that he was one of the four guardians of the crown prince of Wuyang. Shailian asks, How come you've never told me this before? Jinwoo replies, Because for a long time, I couldn't be sure. After Shenla had fallen, I found him and neutralized him. But now it seems in the end he still escaped. Shailian is shocked that someone other than White No-Face is able to escape from Jinwoo's hands. He always thought that the Guoshi just fled during the war, but now he learns that Jinwoo personally went down to neutralize him. Shailan asks, then, then why did you need to neutralize him? And why didn't you tell me after you verified it? Jinwoo replies, if I told you, perhaps you would have felt disappointed when you heard it. But 
Perhaps now you can withstand feeling disappointed in others. Xielan's heart begins to race, and he unconsciously holds Huatsun's hand tightly. Huatsun's other hand comes to cover the back of his hand. Jinwu then continues to say, Because I discovered that he seemed to want to awaken something within you. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. What is it? What is this Goshi's plan? Super sus. Why is he so sus? He's so, so, he's older than Jinwu. What's he up to? Right? He's also super, so, mm-hmm. so powerful that he was able to survive after an, a fight with Jinwu. And Jinwu is strong enough to defeat the White No yeah. Face. So the Goshi is like heckin' strong, y'all. He is very, very powerful. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Also, remember the Goshi likes to gamble. That was yes. one of his main traits. He doesn't believe in Shalian's like belief yeah. system. And he questioned Shalian's belief system with like the whole like cups third yes. option. He's he was trying to teach Shalian that uh, he shouldn't like go beyond his means. Mm-hmm. Like he has to deal with the the situations that he's given, like the resources he's given, and he shouldn't try to make something from impossible, like some impossible situations like happen because it's like pointless. Mm. Uh, and Shalian is like, no, fuck you! I will defy the heavens. I will do all the impossible things, and he fails obviously from yep. like trying to create rain but like Shelion still feels pretty hopeful yep and all of his arrogance and he's fallen yeah yeah Ooh, yeah. sussy very sussy yeah oh my god yeah this the plot thickens at this time things are just gonna be very like chaotic and mysterious for a while um as things get revealed slowly mm-hmm. uh, but yeah very very exciting stuff <laughs> all right cool what is our off topic this week so, mine's another scum villain one, but this one is Moby Jung and Shen Qinghua. I love that uh, pairing. I love the side characters. I know. Well, I need more people to write oh, more fix okay. with that pairing because there's not a lot of them. If you think about it, if you like look through the tag, there's not a lot. Can I tell you the one where Shen Qinghua is always like feels like he's like second rate to Shen Yuan, and he, but he catches the eye of Moby Jin, and he doesn't. He has like. It's like modern AU. I, I gotta find it. I guess that that one was really good. I really like that one. I don't think I'll send that to you. Yeah, I, I might have read okay. it, but a long time okay. ago. So I would love to reread okay, it. Go. Okay, this one's called "Cold Hands, Warm Heart" by Ziziani. Okay, and it's about a. It's like a specific moment that happens. Um, this moment is when suddenly both Shen Qinghua and Moby Jung are teleported into like a tundra, like a blizzard, uh, and both of their powers are sealed. Oh, shit, I read this And it's one. like kind of what happens. In, yes. Yeah, it's what happens in the, like the next like two hours. And it's all about the symptoms of hypothermia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I learned a lot about hypothermia. Yeah. And... So you you guys know that Moby Jung is really bad at expressing himself and like is constantly saying things that misunderstood mean one thing, but he actually thinks yeah he actually thinks he's meaning something else. And <laughs> so um, Shen Qinghua all thinks that he's very expendable and is gonna die anyway eventually because he knows he's cannon fodder, but he just doesn't want to die this way. This way would suck to die, like being frozen to death. Of hypothermia, yeah. Yeah, and Moby Jung is like trucking through this blizzard being like, why can't you keep up? He's like, well, um, actually I'm human and I can't yeah. because it's cold. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, what do you mean that's too cold? He's like, well, humans can die from hypothermia. And Moby yeah. Jung's like, 
how it's like well there's five steps and he goes through yeah. every single step and explains it in great detail and while he's, he's explaining it he's also realizing how fucking terrible it is to die from hypothermia yeah. and how painful it is and throughout the whole process Moby Jung is getting more and more pissed off and you think he's getting pissed off because he's pissed that like this is happening to him and he's like the spoiled rich demon king and that he hates that he has to like you know deal with this deal with and him. also like deal yeah because both of their spiritual powers are sealed so like neither of them can do anything about it nope. but obviously we as the reader are like oh moby jung realizes that if he doesn't he's scared he's so scared if he doesn't like get them out of there his like favorite human being in the whole world is gonna die and yeah. it's gonna be all of his fault and so he's like just trying his best panic he's panicking yeah. oh my god he's panicking it's so great to watch moby jung panic yeah it's good he's like this ice demon so he like has a cold face so he doesn't show much emotion and he's lived only in the demon world he has never had any interaction with humans so he doesn't know anything about humans he's, he's just so yeah he's so stupid it's a language barrier it's a cultural yeah. barrier yeah and so like senju ha thinks that moby jung thinks of him as a pet like this, yeah. like, you know, a stupid little pet that Morality. like a dog or something. But Moby Jung sees him as like a potential mate, like a like an actual like he's gay for him. Yeah. He's so gay for him. He wants yeah. him so bad, but he doesn't know how to convey that to Senjung Hwa because like Moby Jung's super virginal. Senjung Hwa's super virginal. <laughs> They're super virgins. Woo. They are both fucking old virgins. <laughs> like they're both, yeah. they don't understand anything about chemistry. Yeah. Like they're dumb. Everyone's so dumb in this book. They've also been friends since they were in like their teens. So they've known each other for a long time, like 30 years maybe. Well, he was like his like servant slash subordinate for like mm. since forever. Yeah. And so despite that, you think Sanju Ha would be able to read Moby Joe, but he can't. It's so funny. No, he's so stupid. So my favorite part about anything from Sanju Ha's perspective <laughs> is that he downplays any of his suffering and he gets annoyed when anyone tries to take care of him. And he'll say things like, for example, it'll be like, yeah. why does anyone want me to go to sleep like and take a nap? I really have a lot of work to do. If you want me to take a nap like then don't give me so much work but mostly i, I don't, don't have, have time, time for this, this. like yeah. why are you trying to interrupt me by feeding me i don't need food right now i need to finish this paperwork <laughs> yeah he's just so workaholic he's like i need to get shit done people are depending on me i if i don't do this right then i'm gonna die like he's just like he's so dumb he's so dumb he won't take care of himself because he sees it as like an impediment to his actual like d need his d yeah. like his actual work because his whole point in living and so throughout all of this you're like reading you're like oh my god Sanju, please don't die because moby joe's gonna be so sad he's gonna like Destroy everything. So sad. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. It's really well written. It's really funny. It makes me giggle. I love Senjun Hua's character because he's just such a dumb idiot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Good, good read. Good read. Ten out of ten. Good read. Yeah, ten out of ten. Um. Okay. So the fanfic that I'm I want to talk about is called "Who Cares When They're Gone." C Camelia Alice and this one is a little underrated because the way I found this was not because it had a lot of kudos it was from a author that I likes bookmarks authors that I likes bookmarks so it was like three layers in of bookmarks nice. so it, it's it's so like not enough people have read this it's it literally only has like 300 kudos right it's so like but this is a <laughs> Hades x Modazushi crossover fanfic and it is really good and some of y'all know i'm obsessed with haiti so when i saw that this was a Hades crossover i fucking screamed and i started reading it immediately but the idea is that there is a so there's like gods and then there's like the underworld right and lanjan is the god of death and wei ying was a god but he 
sacrificed his godhood in order to save Zhang Cheng, and then he ended up um, signing a contract with Wen Qing to stay in the underworld. But he finds a letter that his sister is in danger. So he's rushing to get out of the underworld and break his contract to save his sister. So this is where the part of the game comes out where he's like constantly trying to go through the different layers of hell. And, but he keeps failing and dying. And then he tries again and he keeps failing and dying. And Lanjan is the god of death. So he, like in the game, uh, the god of death will come and help you every now and then to, be, and then they like have a competition to see who can kill the most people. But mostly, and, and he's also one of the characters you can like fall in love with and like, <laughs> have sex with in the game so like Lajan is there and he's like disappointed in Wang he's like why are you trying to leave hell like you you, you shouldn't leave and Wang is like I can't tell you why but I have to leave um so they have like this sort of like he thinks that Lanjan hates him for trying to leave and all Lanjan is is like concerned. He's like, I don't want to see my, 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 my favorite person constantly die over and over again trying to leave hell. So can you just like not, can you just like sit here and like chill? But Wang is like, no, I need to save my sister. Something's going on. I need to see her. So he's like, anyways, he's like constantly dying trying to like see her just like in the story, um, in the game because it's like the main character is, uh, is like dying to see his mother. Um, but like along the way, uh, in the game, there's like all these side characters. Like there's characters who got separated because of a, a faulty contract or some like demon mischief. Um, and one of the side characters is Song Lan and and uh, uh, and uh, what's his name, uh, Xiao Xing Chen. And because Xiao Xing Chen ended up in a contract with Shui um, Yang, Yang who's, who's a demon, and so he he thinks that he he got into a contract in order to sacrifice himself so that Song Lan could go into heaven. But Song Lan sacrificed himself and took a deal to guard the the gates of hell so that Xiao Xing Chen could be, go to oh. heaven. So it's sort of like these idiots who like sacrifice themselves to help each other, oh, but then they're no. both in hell suffering. Oh, no, and they don't even know that they're they, they think that the other is in hell. Oh no, and and they only realize that they are both in hell because Wang saw Song Lan during one of his runs, and he's like. Uh, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm waiting for, I, I'm, I'm here because I want my, my, the person I love to be happy. And he's like, who's your person you love? And he's like, Xiao Xing Chen. He's like, oh shit, I saw Xiao Xing Chen hang out with Shui Yang back in hell. Oh fuck. So he like realizes like shit is going, like, it's so, it's really great. And like, it's, oh my God. One of the tags is no beta. We die a thousand times trying to escape the underworld, which is like, which is so great. And like, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's rated M for mature because there's like a lot of gore. Because Wang is like constantly like getting killed in terrible yes. ways as he's trying to escape hell, but um yeah, like as it's it's a story about him and it's a story about like Lanjan, the god of death, trying to like you know <laughs> help him, and they slowly eventually Lanjan decides to like go against his uncle who is like the king of hell. He's like, I'm gonna help Wang. I don't care. So um, oh my god, but it's really sad because as soon as Lan- as soon as Wang gets to heaven to see his sister, because he no longer has his heavenly powers, he's not allowed to stay there. So he's only there for five minutes before he dies and goes to hell again. Mm. But he's constantly trying to see her even for five minutes at a time. So he's constantly going through all the layers of hell endlessly just to see his sister for five minutes. And it's so... Oh God, it's so good! It's so good. I don't understand why this thing only has three hundred kudos. It needs okay. more. It's a, yes. it's really well written. I'm gonna written. read it yeah. tonight. Oh my God! I want to read the jingling love. one and this one. Yeah. Your recs are so great. I love it. It's really good. This one's really good. Yeah. Oh, um, so anyways, I put I put in the dog. So yeah, ten out of ten would read again. Ten it's out of short. ten. It's short. Yeah. Whew. Oh, uh, that's good. That's good. Ah, uh, I love fanfics, yeah. you guys. It just makes the whole universe better. 
I know they're so creative they're so creative because so after I finished playing Hades I was like I want I want like Hades fanfic I need some like more you know like uh more content between the main character and death yeah and but then there there was like one good damn it there was like one and I was like where's all the fucking fanfic y'all like what the fuck is going on but I'm glad that there's a Monazushi one at least because that like really that's good I needed some Hades content (sighs) Oh, love it okay yeah no i'm, I'm gonna go explore now Ooh, okay oh, that's exciting so, yeah did it. That. <laughs> yes. okay so this is the part of the podcast where we talk about patreon um thank you so much for all the people who support us on patreon you guys make it so that we can keep paying for all the fees and then uh go into conventions and making merchandise make merchandise we can make merchandise because of y'all pretty much uh we have this new sticker now that we're gonna sell at sumicon and it's super cute uh, it's just our logo, and it also has our like our link to the podcast. Uh, it like hidden oh, inside of the sticker, so that oh yeah, Ooh. well because like BLHQ podcast as a sticker didn't look very cute. Yeah, it's not very cute. BLHQ very cute, very cute. But um, I mean, someday I would love to do a redesign of the logo in which it kind of looks yeah. more BL related. Okay. I yeah. don't know if that means that it's going to be shaped like a dick. Uh, is that allowed? <laughs> Can we have dicks <laughs> logos? I don't know. We'll see. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Wait, okay. 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 Um, so uh, we're going to thank our Sitsuan tier because uh, every single time you guys, you know, we, we shout you out because you financially support us. <laughs> thank you so much for being our top tier patron. Thank you, Kate Payne. Thank you, Kita. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Faceboy23. And thank you, George. Yay. Yeah, you guys are the best. See twins. We thank are you so but much. your yes. disciples. <laughs> we are. We are the disciples. Who, who run around the peak and making <laughs> we sure. We rely on your support. Yeah, everything is run smoothly. <laughs> hot patrons, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, and then make sure that you guys also follow us on Twitter if you don't already. We we tweet as often as we can, especially uh, retweeting other people's cool fan art. I've been I've been retweeting fanfics. Nice, good. <laughs> yeah, every time I read a good one, if I see that they have a Twitter account, I'm like, give me your Twitter account so I can retweet you. That is smart. I will help you do that. And as Pei Ming said, ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Why is he so funny? <laughs> Why is he so funny? Bye, guys.